When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, what is going on, Laker fans? Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Another edition of Lakers Talk. Lakers, uh, we got a lot to get, get into. Yes, the Suns yesterday. Probably won't pay too much attention to that. Um, but we got a lot to look forward to as well. Lakers got so many games crammed in to their schedule. Brian Windhorst will join us in about a half hour. Looking forward to chat with him. And uh, maybe get some updates on the Anthony Davis front. Obviously, everybody kind of still waiting on official word on that front. Um, what the Lakers do from now is if Anthony Davis is out for a significant amount of time, how does that change the potential outlook of making a trade, how the Lakers target the upcoming trade market, all that stuff um, we'll make sure to hit on. If you guys want to hit me on Twitter, at Alan Sliwa. Um, I want to start off with this. You know, it's kind of interesting here. I'm going to play a little bit of a timeline of what we've had for the last, let's say, three days now. So Anthony Davis leaves the game on Friday against the Denver Nuggets, does not come back for the second half. And, you know, we all kind of understand that with Anthony Davis, any type of injury that he has, it is um, it's easy to be pessimistic. It's easy to not look at the half glass full just because Anthony Davis has an injury history. But with all that said, you kind of you, you're hesitant and you depend on, all right, we're going to get some more information and once we get more information, um, then we kind of have a better idea of how long Anthony Davis is going to be out for. He's diagnosed with a right foot injury. Um, Friday night happens. They say, hey, we'll run some tests on Saturday. Saturday, you don't hear anything. Sunday, actually, during the World Cup, Sham Sharania puts out a – Sham Sharania, the athletic, puts out a tweet uh, saying that he's going to miss at least a month. So right out the gate there, I mean, I'll play out how many games that means, but miss at least a month, the Lakers – Definitely, definitely are not in a position where their best player in the NBA could be out for a month and they can, you know, obviously try to still survive for the season. Um, a little bit later in the day, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, Dave McMenamin, they put out an article talking about it's going to be multiple weeks until Anthony Davis comes out. But no real official word from the Lakers. Um, Darvin Ham is asked about it pregame show Sunday before the Lakers take on the Wizards, and he basically says that he's got some additional tests that he's going to be taking, so they're still waiting on that. Um, we don't hear anything then. Lakers are playing the Suns yesterday pregame. Um, he says that AD is still being evaluated. He's still working through the woods on that one. Uh, the reason why I kind of I emphasize this, I'm not really sure what to take on this. I'm not sure if for how long it's been now that this happened on Friday and we still haven't gotten official word from the Lakers other than, like I mentioned, the right foot soreness. I don't know if it's a it's a good thing, it's a bad thing. I think it's easy to, uh, or right foot injury. Um, I don't know if it's, it, you kind of start playing with your own mind on some of these topics and some of these conversations. I'll tell you what I mean by that. By not hearing anything official by the Lakers, does that mean that maybe the injury is not as bad as they initially thought? Or by not, by not hearing anything official by the Lakers, maybe it means the opposite. And the opposite obviously would mean that 
Um, maybe the injury is worse than they initially thought. Okay, I get it. You're going to get second opinions. You're going to get third opinions. Uh, yesterday, uh, again, this is from Darvin Ham. We'll see, man. We're going to put our arms around him. We're going to love him. And I and I just told him to be ready to coach her you-know-what off. Actually, I think that was on Sunday night. So this has played out now for a few days. And this has been, you know, there's no bigger player for the Lakers than Anthony Davis. And I just don't know really what to make of the injury without getting more information. And I don't know if I played into my head even more saying to myself, okay, you know what, maybe this is worse than it is or maybe it's not as bad until we get something official. So it's been a weird couple of days. It really has. I think a lot of times when an injury happens, you're, yes, you, you rely on sources that are out there. It doesn't get any better. Shams, Woj, Dave McMahon, literally does not get any better. They're as connected as you can possibly be around the NBA. Um, but you, you want to get something from the team and you want them to expand a little bit on what the injury is and give a better uh, time frame and give more details. We haven't got that yet. So what that means ultimately, I'm not sure. And if we do get some more information, obviously we pass that on and we'll, we'll wait to see what happens. I don't want to spend much time on the Lakers and the Suns yesterday because there's not really much to talk about. No LeBron James, no Anthony Davis, no Austin Reeves, no Russell Westbrook. Literally, their four best players don't play. And by the time you get to halftime, I want to say Lakers are down 24, something like that. 68-44 it was, something along those lines. There's not much to talk about from that game. I think for me, what becomes more interesting is life without Anthony Davis if he is out for a few weeks, if he's out for a month or whatever the case is. What's realistic, what's not realistic? I'll tell you this, and I'm looking at the schedule here in front of me. Lakers already had a tough December in front of them. Lakers already were walking into a position, I think six of the final seven games of the month of December were going to be on the road. They only had four home games compared to 12 road games for the month of December. It was already going to be a challenge for the Lakers. And now you look at their position without Anthony Davis, and if before you're trying to kind of make an argument, guys, just got to get back to 500, got to get back to 500. They're four games below 500. They're, I want to say, 12th right now in the Western Conference. And we're still kind of waiting to see, well, just how long will Anthony Davis be out for? Does he get reevaluated in four weeks? Is it longer than that? Whatever the case is, how do the Lakers stay in the hunt in the Western Conference? I'm not talking about get back to 500. I'm talking about just stay around where you are record-wise. And there's no clear-cut answer for that. I mean, I could sit here and I could tell you they need five, six, seven guys to contribute on a night-in, night-out basis, which, of course, they do. Um, but the Lakers are 13-17 and 17 right now. 13-17 and 17 is the 12th best record in the Western Conference. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder are a half game behind the Lakers, so you're a half game from being the 13th worst record in the Western Conference. You're only a couple games back from being where the San Antonio Spurs are. And I'm not setting that up. I mean, I could also play that the other way and say that the team that's in sixth place, which is the Sacramento Kings, basically have a three-and-a-half game lead on the Lakers. The Lakers face them tomorrow in Sacramento. Um, I'm not sure how the Lakers win without Anthony Davis. Just point blank, right? I, I don't have an answer for you. If you said to me, hey, Al, how do the Lakers hang in the Western Conference without Anthony Davis? I, I genuinely can sit here and tell you I don't have an answer. 
And if they are able to hang in the West, it is a little bit of a surprise. And if they are able to kind of stick around, um, stick around and, and, and make it competitive on a night in night out basis, that to me is incredibly impressive if they're able to do that. You know, LeBron James is going to turn 38 at the end of this month. The end of this month, LBJ will be turning 38 years old. And um, Russ, I know, has a much better role for the Lakers than he's had in the past. I really, really think he, you know, we found a place for him. It's for him to come off the bench. He's probably the leader right now in the pack of uh, six man of the year. I think guys like Lonnie Walker, guys like Austin Reeves, I like these players. I think they're, you know, Dennis Schroeder dropped 30 for the Lakers yesterday. And I know he was in a different position, but it's not like it took him 25 shots to get there. He was efficient from the field. Thomas Bryant seems like he's carving himself a nice little uh, spot for the Lakers coming off the bench. In, in this case now, probably starting because AD's out. But all of this is predicated on Anthony Davis being in the lineup. When the Lakers won 8 of 10 games, it, it wasn't, because I'm not saying they had nothing to do with it, but Austin Reeves playing good basketball and Lonnie Walker playing good basketball and any of these other guys that were contributing on a night-in, night-out basis, it was great, it was nice, it was a breath of fresh air, but the reality for the Lakers, all of that was because the foundation was set and Anthony Davis was that foundation. And, you know, let Bron do what he's doing. I think LeBron has obviously been the more consistent player over the years. You know you're going to get 25 to 27 points a game from Bron. I can complain about Bron. you got to be more efficient. You know what? No, run everything through Anthony Davis. Let Anthony Davis be the focal point. Yes, I can do that. and I, I, can, I can find ways to critique LeBron James. But for the most part, he's going to give you 27, 8, and 8 a night, and you could just kind of book it and go on to the next day. That's LeBron James. It's AD that was changing everything. It's because Anthony Davis started averaging 30-plus points a game, shooting 60% from the field, 12 rebounds a game, a couple of block shots, because he was the best player on offense and the best player on defense. That's what started turning around the season for the Lakers. So um, do I think that LeBron can still play well? Absolutely, even though he's in his 20th season in the NBA. You know, last night he didn't play because it was a back-to-back um, do I still think Austin Reeves can be a nice player? Of course. So I still think Russ could come off the bench and do what he's been doing. And Thomas Bryant can find ways to, um, contribute for the Lakers. All these guys, I, I, mean, I could go down the list and talk about each one of them. Yes, I still do. But when you're losing the best player, one of the best players in the NBA this season, certainly that stretch over, you know, that four week period of what Anthony Davis was doing when you're losing a player like that when you're losing that caliber of a player and you're not even 100% sure how long is he going to be out for, that one is where I kind of hesitate and I stop and I start trying to figure out how do the Lakers hang in the Western Conference. It's going to be, um, it's going to be incredibly difficult. There's no other way to put it. It's going to be a, a, a remarkable challenge for the Lakers to be in the mix this year without Anthony Davis. Hopefully all those guys – look, what, what's kind of crazy is tomorrow against the Kings – Bron can have a great game. Russ can have a great game. Austin Reeves and Lonnie Walker and Patrick Beverly and um, any other player that you want to, you know, Thomas Bryant and Wenyan and Gabriel, all these guys can play really, really good tomorrow and the Lakers can still lose. 
where that's not the case if Anthony Davis is on the floor and all those guys play well and AD just does what he does, Lakers are probably going to win that game. So tough sliding for the Lakers uh, coming up here. Um, and, and I think that's, you know, that's obviously – uh, it's no surprise. It's no shock. It's just a bummer that just once the, once the Lakers started playing a certain type of way and just when you had to kind of start respecting the Lakers on a night-in, night-out basis, they lose uh, They lose their best player. No other way to put it. Okay, quick shout-out here. Uh, thank you to Valvoline Instant Oil Change being a partner here on Lakers Talk, home of the 15-minute drive-through oil change. Before you hit the highways this holiday season, head into your neighborhood Valvoline Instant Oil Change and make sure your sleigh is in peak performance. Uh, we, of course, uh, appreciate their partnership. Okay, l- let's do this coming back. By the way, Brian Windhorst in about 15 minutes or so. I want to spend a little time on how AD's injury, how much of an effect that's going to have on the Lakers being aggressive or not being aggressive on trying to make some kind of a trade. Um, not sure what they're going to do. I'm not sure if the Lakers are going to look at this and look at this situation and because AD is not there, if it changes the entire game plan or if it has no effect and the Lakers are going to do what the Lakers do and, um, you know, hopefully uh, compete here with some of the um, some of the elite teams out there in the Western Conference or still be active. I'm not sure, but I, I do want to spend some time talking about that because I think that part's important. Uh, will the Lakers still be aggressive the way they've been in the past? We'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, welcome back to uh, Lakers Talk. Like I mentioned, we got uh, Brian Windhorst coming up here uh, shortly. I'll uh, come up actually in the next segment here. Um, so the Lakers got an incredibly tough schedule coming up in December, and it's just part of the NBA. You know, you got to kind of go through – and especially when you're the 12th team in the NBA, you got a lot of teams in front of you. So whether you like it or not, you, you have tough games. And it doesn't even matter if it's the Golden State Warriors, that's a tough game, even though they're a game below 500 or whatever they are, and they're missing Steph Curry. If it's the Sacramento Kings, like the Lakers are going to face the Kings tomorrow, you know, who would have thought that the Kings are a 16-13 and 13 team? They're coming off a really weird loss to Charlotte yesterday. Um it doesn't matter who you play when you're missing your key player, the best player on your team. No game is a lock. No game is a guarantee. So one of the questions that has been coming up these last couple of days is, 
How does the injury to Anthony Davis change the game plan for the Lakers? You guys remember this. I'm going to kind of take you guys through a, a few different timelines here. When the f- season first started, the Lakers just, they're 0-5 before you even blink. They're 2-10, 12 games into the season. They're definitely uh, started some real desperation. And it sounded like the Lakers were desperate. What are they going to do? Are they going to make a move? And I remember Woj putting out uh, an article talking about, look, most teams are not going to make a move till around Thanksgiving. They want to gauge whether they're a team that can contend or they're a, a team that is they're rebuilding. And you don't know that right when the right when the season starts. Let me give you an example. When the season started, I think everybody thought the Utah Jazz were going to be awful. I think there were a lot of people that thought, yeah, the Portland Trailblazers, they're probably going to be rebuilding as well. Maybe not rebuilding, but, you know, how good are they going to be? They're not sure. Oh, no, the Minnesota Timberwolves, that's going to be a team. Watch out for them. Watch out for the Mavs. They're going to start making a run. Watch out for the Golden State Warriors. They're coming off an NBA championship. Well, you need some games to determine what exactly is going on. So Walsh put out, hey, wait till 20 to 25 games in. Wait till about Thanksgiving for teams to kind of have an idea of what they have. And then another key date came, and it was December 15th. 90% 90% of the league after December 15th, 90% of the players in the league would be eligible to be traded after December 15th, December 15th or after, and that's just based on guys who signed contracts in the offseason. Well, now we're waiting for the December 15th. And then December 15th came, and then a lot of the conversation was, don't expect anything until after the new year uh, for teams to actually be active. Yes, you can start making deals, but that doesn't mean a deal is going to go down Teams wait a little bit closer towards that trade deadline before things start happening. It's presumably after the New Year's when things become more active. Well, it seems like that that can keeps getting kicked a little bit further down. And for the Lakers, they got to a point of the season when Anthony Davis was cooking and doing everything that he was doing where the team didn't seem as desperate. And Russell Westbrook actually started showing some value again and that that his role that he accepted coming off the bench and that he maybe thrive is a little bit too dramatic of a word, but he's playing well in his new role that maybe he can accept that type of a role with another team and actually be an actual asset for another squad out there, not just an expiring contract. All that, that, that dialogue started changing and you felt like as a Laker fan, hey, you know what? Maybe they can go make a move out there, but the move is not going to be out of desperation. They're just going to try to improve the roster, and they don't have to worry about giving up too much you know, capital. Of course, they're going to have to worry about that because every team is going to try to you know, obviously win a trade or whatever the case is. Um, but it seemed like the cards had changed a little bit. It seemed like what seemed like a desperate situation early on in the season seemed like that narrative changed a little bit. AD gets injured. That, that kind of, I'm assuming, changes everything, right? I don't know how much it changes everything. And I'll tell you what I'm referring to here. Have you guys went out and seen the NBA free agents that are available in 2023? And the only reason why I'm bringing this up is because if the Lakers take an approach of, you know what, let's just play out Russ's contract. They're going to have about $30 million in cap space that's going to be available next year. They keep their 2027 pick. They keep their 2029 pick. They do have a pick coming up here in 2023. I think what people just don't understand is they have a pick swap with the uh, the Pelicans, so the Pelicans will get the better of the pick, but they still have a first-round pick. For those who are saying just kind of wait, this season is done, and I'm not telling you that you're right or wrong. I'm just saying that 
I want you to know that the free agents coming up this summer, um, there aren't really too many free agents that you're looking at and saying, wow, you got to go get this guy. Wow, you have an What a perfect fit with the Lakers. I'll, I'll name off some of the free agents. Russell Westbrook's a free agent. Okay, I think it's safe to say, I think there's a good chance that, you know, Russ will not be a part of the Lakers next year. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, let's let's just put it this way. Certainly not the $47 million that he's making this year. Um, whatever Russ's new contract would be, maybe it's with the Lakers, maybe it's not. But I would say that that's not somebody that I think, um, if that if that ends at, at the end of this year, maybe even ends earlier, we'll have to wait and see. Chris Middleton's a free agent. Oh, I love Chris Middleton. I think Chris Middleton would be a perfect fit for the Lakers. I don't think he's leaving the Milwaukee Bucks. I think he's going to stay there. He's got a player option. I don't think James Harden's going anywhere. And to be honest with you, um, first off, I think James Harden's going to stay in Philly. And second of all, I think we're watching James Harden towards he's going one way in his career and it's not up. I think it's starting to go down. Kyrie Irving will be an unrestricted free agent. Hey, maybe that's a player that the Lakers approach. Maybe maybe that's something because of his relationship with LeBron James. But um, it, it seems like that's a, that's an interesting personality to bring on this Lakers team. But I'm going to leave Kyrie to the side. Kevin Love's available. D'Angelo Russell is available. Um, Fred Van Vliet is available. Harrison Barnes. Uh, Jeremy Grant will be an unrestricted free agent. I'm not saying that there's nobody out there. What I'm saying is that there aren't players that kind of jump out and, and and tell you, hey, that's a perfect fit. That guy's going to probably come to the Lakers. The reason why I think the Lakers could still very well make a trade this year, even though Anthony Davis is injured, I can see them looking at a two-year window and saying, okay, if we went out and traded for Boyan Bogdanovich, who's under contract this year and also next year, he's a player that we want for the next two years, and we can't get in free agency. It has to be a trade. Um, and there's other players like this as well. I can see the Lakers still making some type of a move. I could see the Lakers deciding that, all right, we are going to still be aggressive in trying to go get somebody uh, because it's a player that we want and because it's a player that we think is going to be an asset for not just this year, even though they're kind of blind to try to figure out when is Anthony Davis going to come back, will there be a playoff run this year or not. I don't have the answers to all that, but I definitely think that they could still make a move that they feel like this is the right player for a couple years on this Lakers roster that's playing with LeBron James and with Anthony Davis. So that that makes me think that they can still go out and make a move. Maybe they went out and decided, you know what, Miles Turner, um, Miles Turner is a player that we want on this Lakers team, with or without Anthony Davis, not knowing how long Anthony Davis is going to be out, and maybe just maybe the the roster improves that they can keep their head above water while Anthony Davis is out. So I I actually don't think that Anthony Davis being out for three weeks or four weeks or however long he's out for, maybe longer than that, maybe a lot longer than that. Um, I don't know how much that will change the Lakers. I think if they feel like they can bring somebody on that will be here this year and potentially be here next year as well because that person is under contract and they actually like that player and they think that, hey, this is somebody we'd rather have on our team than try to go take some of that. I know cap space is important, but if you're looking at that free agent class and there isn't somebody there that you think, A, wants to be a Laker and you think you can kind of um, convince to come play for the Lakers, or B, you just don't think there's that many good fits out there, 
maybe that does change a little bit of the narrative of what the Lakers um, will do, and maybe the the injury to Anthony Davis doesn't change everything like we thought it might change uh, once Anthony Davis went down. So I'm I'm not a believer that there's no chance at all that the Lakers don't make a trade because Anthony Davis is going to be out for some time. That, I, I guess I just that's the way I look at it. If you got somebody that you think could help this Lakers team now but also be an asset next season, then go make that move. That's okay to go do it. And to be honest with you, some of the names that we've heard, we kind of keep hearing the Patrick Beverly, Kendrick Nunn. You take those two contracts, that's close to $20 million. Might have to give up some draft compensation too, but it might not be you know earth-shattering draft compensation. You could be patient about it. Yeah, I'm okay with doing that. I'm okay with – with trying to address needs that you need this year and having a guy that you think can also be uh, an asset for next season as well. And, you know, regardless of what the Lakers do end up doing, I don't believe that it will, you know, completely change things when it comes to um, uh, AD being in and out of the lineup. Uh, quick shout out here before hitting the highways this holiday season, head into your neighborhood Valvoline instant oil change home of the 15-minute drive-through oil change, and make sure your sleigh is in peak performance. Uh, we know that Valvoline's a big partner here. If you're Don't procrastinate. If you got to get your car worked on, make sure you visit SoCalOilChange.com. Okay, Brian Windhorse, uh, as good as it gets around the NBA, obviously covers the NBA. He's been doing it for a long time on ESPN. Uh, he's coming up next. i got a lot of questions I want to ask about him. Um, of course, a lot of this Lakers-related, but really just kind of some NBA questions as well. Looking at the Western Conference, looking at the Eastern Conference, what teams stand out to him? This Western Conference, you got so many teams that are within a few games of each other. Are there some teams that he expects to kind of run away with it in the West? We'll do all that coming up next. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. Uh, always appreciate Brian Windhorst's time. Um, obviously uh, covers the NBA for ESPN. Uh, Brian, thank you for doing this. And uh, like I mentioned, uh, always uh, appreciate your time when you come on. Always glad to talk to you, Alan. All right, so let's start with this. And I know I was kind of trying to do the math here. If the Phoenix Suns are worth $4 billion, do we have any idea what the Los Angeles Lakers are worth in today's NBA? Well, there's a couple of things. First off, last year you may remember that the Lakers had about a quarter of the team sell from um, Philip Anschutz, who owns AEG and the LA Kings. He sold 27% to uh, Mark Walter and Todd Bailey, I believe we found it Bailey, who um, owned the Dodgers. And at uh, that time, the Lake they bought it at a $5.1 billion valuation. That's the value that they paid. So, you know, when you hear that uh, a team sells, and I don't mean to get too into the weeds here about finances. I know you're asking a fun question. You want me to say $10 billion or something. But, um, but Brian, I, I will say, I, I think it's actually fascinating because I think what you're going to explain, I think it's kind of the uh, behind the scenes of, of how some of these valuations are. So please, as much detail as you want, I think it's interesting. Right, because I think people are going to say, well, wait a minute. They're hearing that the new owner of the Suns, Matt Ishbia, is worth $6 billion and he paid $4 billion for the Suns. So he's paying two-thirds of his net worth. How is he going to operate the team? Robert Sarver owns 35% of the Suns. Hmm. Um, so when he sells that 35%, 
he's going to sell it, you know, for over a billion dollars or around, a, you know, over a billion. And so it'll sound like it's worth, um, you know, it's if you were if you were as if you were to pay 100 percent, it would be worth four billion. But you're actually he's actually not paying four billion. He's paying, you know, 35 percent of four billion. But either way, Robert Sarver, when he bought the team, it was worth four hundred million. And he's not it's he's now selling it for four billion valuation. So his investment, you know, went up 100 times. So um, obviously it's a uh, or 10 times. So it's a um, it's a big thing. The Lakers are probably the second most valuable franchise in America behind the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. Um, you know, the the, the Denver uh, Broncos recently sold for four point three billion the Washington Commanders could sell for over five, maybe approaching six. If I were the Bus family and I was willing to sell, and the Bus family owns sixty-six percent of the Lakers, I wouldn't listen to anything right now for less than you know eight or so billion. Wow. But um, they're not for sale, uh, and I don't think they'll be for sale anytime soon. And um, and the reason that the Suns are worth $4 billion is because there's been a global ex- explosion in team values just within the last few months. I mentioned the Broncos sold for $4 billion, and the Chelsea Football Club uh, sold for three, or I'm sorry, uh, $5 billion. So there's, just, there's real demand from rich folks for this, and Ishbia tried to buy several other NBA teams. Um, and he tried to buy the Broncos. He's been trying to spend wow. money for a long time, and he had uh, it took a while for him to spend it, so that's why he was willing to pay that. Brian Windhorst covers the NBA for ESPN. Take us some time to join us here on Lakers Talk. Um, Brian, I, w- I want to get your thoughts on this, if this is unique at all or if, this, uh, if, if you've seen this before and it's not that unique. Um, Anthony Davis got injured on Friday, Lakers in the Nuggets, that game at Crypto.com. Doesn't play in the second half. And... We were told that Lakers will obviously run some tests, and and which I believe they did on Saturday, Sunday pregame show before uh, the Lakers took on the Wizards. Darvin, uh, Darvin Ham said they're still running some tests. Yesterday, Lakers took on the Suns. He didn't really have an, another update for the Lakers. Here we are on Tuesday. Um, are, are you surprised nothing has kind of officially come out from the Lakers? Are, are you uh, I don't know how to gauge that. Is that something that you would say, okay, the quieter it is, maybe maybe that's good news. Maybe it's bad news. I'm, I'm just obviously making assumptions here. Is this normal in the NBA that this many days has gone by and the team hasn't said anything? I don't think it's good news because it, what it means is that Anthony Davis is seeing several different specialists, having his test results shown to several different specialists before – deciding on a diagnosis and a treatment plan. And that doesn't mean that it's a catastrophic injury or that he's out for a huge amount of time, but it's not a sprained ankle. It's not a sprained foot. It's something that is very obviously requiring multiple looks and discussion on how to treat. And um, it's really unfortunate because he was playing awesome. He was an MVP candidate. He was a first-team All-NBA candidate. And obviously he was a big part in what's been a, a terrific pivot for the Lakers over the last month. And it's very clear he's going to miss a significant amount of time. You can haggle with the word significant, but um, he's not missing a game or two. He's going to miss a bunch of games. And, um, 
you know, there are some there is some information out there about what it is. I'm not going to say it because I don't know for 100 um, percent. But like I said, it's it, it's not a sprained ankle. It's not a sprained foot. And so um, it's a really unfortunate situation. It's what Anthony Davis has dealt with his whole career, hmm. though. He is shown for now a decade to be um, injury, you know, susceptible to injury. And this is not shocking when the Lakers traded for him. It's not shocking when the Lakers re-signed him. It is a reality, and you just have to hope that the treatment plan is such that he can come back in a time where he can still be a contributor to to, to this season. But I guess we're going to have to wait for the – big-time doctors to evaluate it and make up their uh, mind on what to suggest. Yeah, Brian, it, it's interesting because when you say, when you, say it's, you, can, can def, you can define what significant amount of games are, and I, if, if I just said, all right, he got injured on Friday, and if I took four weeks from Friday, I think it was 16 Laker games that he would miss. And if you added just the remainder of January, which was 12 more days after that, now you're talking about 25 games. I'm with you on the it, – it's whether it's 15 games or it's 25 games, that is significant, right? You, you only play mm-hmm. 82 games, so I, I get it from that perspective. Um, is, it as, is it as simple as this? I, I think there is – I got a chance, obviously, to watch every game and, and listening to the broadcast, Zoom pre-post, the whole thing. Every game I watched Anthony Davis this year, I felt like personally he was starting to play – like he was not thinking about an injury, like he wasn't thinking about his body. And that's not to say he doesn't grimace here and there. If you remember how he started the season out, he had some lower back tightness, and you'd see him kind of run up the floor, and it's like, okay, I feel like something's bothering him. But I think he did go through a stretch where it was about three, four weeks or so when he was arguably playing as good as anybody in the NBA where it wasn't in his head anymore. Um, how much do you think that just in itself is a challenge for Anthony Davis to now be dealing with another injury? And if it is a significant amount of time, how does he not just by human nature continue to think to himself, man, this is just how my career is going to be until, you know, he goes a year or two years where he doesn't have any significant injuries. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely the truth. And the thing about it is, is that, um, you know, these injuries that he's had, like like last year, like I know that it frustrates people. He just had bad luck. He lands on a guy's foot. I mean, what do you? I mean, it's just bad luck. And to your point about the way he's been playing recently, I you know when you talk to folks in New Orleans, you know Zion Williamson, who you know was dealt with injuries for the most of the first three years of his career, he was doing fine for a first few weeks of the season, but really over the last month. He's really had a productive time and come into his own. And you say, why? Why now? It's because he trusts his body, trusts his feet after that terrible injury. And, you you know, you look at Anthony Davis. I mean, that back injury, that was you – know, that didn't just happen in that game in Vegas. It was already bothering him, and he aggravated it. And you could tell it was bothering him. And, and it took him a while to get over it. And, and the way he's played the last few weeks, it's you can tell it's, you know, pain-free, stress-free. And so – uh, absolutely, that's something you want to see. And, you know, it's one of the things, you know, people, one of their favorite things to do when they pile on the Lakers is to just to take shots at that 2020 title, right? They love to take away from it. And it makes me so mad 
when anybody tries to downgrade or denigrate a championship, I, you know, and, and the Lakers one is an easy target. And this is why it's completely unfair and ridiculous because it's really hard to win a championship. Not only do you have to have a great team, but you do have to have things go your way. You have to have health go your way. And just because your team gets hurt or whatever, doesn't mean it's a lesser team. Sometimes that's the reason why winning a championship is so great is because you overcome those obstacles because you dodge all those bullets. And so, you know, if anything, the difficulty that Anthony Davis has had to stay healthy and LeBron has had to stay healthy only underscores the accomplishment that 2020 was that they were able to stay healthy in that bubble. You think guys didn't get hurt in the bubble guys went down. A bunch of guys went down the bubble, you know? And um, so I know that that doesn't make a difference today. It doesn't help the Lakers win today, that reality, but when I see a team have injury problems, it's a reminder of how hard it is to survive the gauntlet that it takes to win a championship and, you know, to reach a championship. You know, people want to say, oh, well, LeBron, you know, he's only four and six in finals. And, uh, you know, therefore he's not as good as so-and-so because so-and-so has a better record. And I'm like, yeah, do you know how good you have to be and how lucky you have to be and how much perseverance you have to have to go to ten finals? Do you know what it takes to go to eight in a row to, 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 to survive injury scares, to get past all those threats? And this is an example. You know, he hasn't had the best luck in L.A., which only makes the, the nine uh, finals in ten years that he had, they culminated in 2020, all the more impressive. That's a good perspective to put it, Brian. And it's funny because in L.A., I probably don't hear as much chatter, right, about the 2020 championship and – um, it, it was. I'm, I'm sure a lot of that conversation is coming more from outside of Los Angeles, but it's a it's a certainly a good point to make. I'm. I, I think it's safe to say this. I think it's safe that even if Anthony Davis was healthy and he was healthy right now, the Lakers it seemed like were still looking at ways to improve their roster. Um, obviously, they have some holes that they would need to address either way, and the way they started out the season two and ten. And then they went through a stretch where it looked like, hey, maybe they're turning a corner here. They win eight of ten games. And then even some of these games that they've lost, they're in a close game against Philly. They're in a close game against Boston. Uh, I, I can make the argument, make a couple of free throws from Anthony Davis. They could have probably won both of those games. But they're a lot more competitive. AD's injury happens. How much do you think that changes the Lakers' game plan of still going out there and making some kind of move to improve the roster? Well, if it's a long injury, probably a lot. Um, you know, I was a little bit disappointed that they didn't try to go for that game in Phoenix because I don't think they're in position right now to just spike games. But look, if LeBron needed the day off and it like did like he felt he needed it, he knows his body. If that's what he said, then that's what you got to do. But I don't think they're really in position to do that. But over the last, you know, you, you take that, and over the last 10 games, they're, they're five and five. And when you go back and look at those 10 games, those are a really tough schedule. You know, they go on the East Coast trip. Okay, they didn't play the hardest schedule there, but AD was out for a couple of games. They go 500 on that. They come home, have a brutal, you know, little two-game homestand with Boston and Denver and split it. Okay, they could have gone 2-0, and but they split it. And then they split this back-to-back where, you know, they beat the Wizards, which is, you know, you need to do at home. Sure. Um, but that's not bad. And then if they were able to finish the rest of this month out with all with this five-game road trip coming up, 
Uh, you know, there's a Hornets game coming up. You take care of that one. They're one of the worst teams in the league. And you, you fashion a, an okay road trip. If they had gotten to the end of December and gone 500 for this month, I thought that would have been a great accomplishment. I know that it's not what you want to see from a championship team, but it would have been really good with everything that they had. Without Anthony Davis, I just don't know, Alan, because Mm -hmm. the challenge that they have is how do they straddle the line between helping this team and not limiting their future. And so, okay, if they're not going to trade Westbrook with the picks unless it's for a star player, that's fine. That's responsible. I get that. So what they've been looking for instead is to maybe package Patrick Beverly and Kendrick Nunn. You put them together, you've got two expiring contracts there. You can get a player back. But the question is, do you want to take a role player back that has money left on his salary that impacts your um, your, your your flexibility next summer? Um, or do you just want to look to just upgrade to a player that's on the last year of his contract? Well, now you're really threading the eye of the needle because – you're going to try to find a, a team that will take Beverly and none, mm-hmm. see some sort of value in that, and then get a player back who you don't have to keep paying after this year because you don't want to impact what you can do in free agency. That's a hard deal to make, especially in a market where there's not a lot of players available. So um, I definitely think they were looking for it. I definitely think that they're, that they're trying. Um, you know, all the names that you've heard out there, they've checked on all of them. They've talked about it. Um, it's still unclear to me who is actually going to be available or not. You know, one of the names that you keep hearing over and over with the Lakers is uh, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich from the from the Pistons. Well, trust me, there's a bunch of teams calling on Boyan Bogdanovich, and there's a fresh rumor about the Lakers and Bogdanovich today. But I'm not sure the, the, the Pistons are even going to trade him. So, um, you know, it, it's a big ask to figure out a, a trade that can help the Lakers but not impede them going forward. And if you don't have Anthony Davis or you're looking at missing him for a huge stretch of the season, I'm not so sure that you want to take yourself out of the short-term future to potentially only minorly improve the roster. Brian Windhorse uh, covers the NBA for ESPN, taking some time to join uh, join us here on Lakers Stock. Brian, a um, couple more, and uh, we'll let you go, and I always appreciate the time. I, I, I'm, I'm so curious to get your thoughts on just the Western Conference here. Um, you know, the Grizzlies have the best record in the West. Uh, Denver's behind them. Phoenix and the Pelicans. And there's so many teams that are just so close to each other. Um, is there a t- And there's surprises, too. You know, the, the, obviously, we know the Warriors' struggles. The Mavericks are a 500 team at best. Is there a team right now that you're looking at in the Western Conference and maybe we're not talking enough about that when the dust settles, you feel... Yeah, there, there, here's a, a team or two that when you get closer to April, everyone's going to be talking about, nobody is going to want to play. What, what, what teams stand out to you right now in the Western Conference? Yeah, I think another way to say it is, are you scared of any of these teams? Uh, and the answer is no, I'm not. Um, you know, if the Warriors get healthy and everything falls in place and they click on all cylinders, they haven't done that all year. Sure, you know the Warriors' starting lineup when healthy has been good. Their their um their bench has not been, you know. Uh, when the Grizzlies get get whole, which they haven't been this year, they could potentially be scary. Although um, they've shown that they that they are a little bit emotional and can be mistake prone. Um, there isn't a team that strikes the fear in anyone's heart. Um, certainly, there are nights when the Nuggets 
are are uh, look very formidable, and they've had the hardest schedule probably of any team in the West so far. They've played the fewest home games, so if you're projecting the fact that they're sitting there in the top three with a distant with a with you know with an unbalanced schedule, you would say, boy, they might project to be uh, number one. You know, um, the team that had the number one seed last year, the Suns, has been banged up all year. Like, there's a chance mm-hmm. that they to get their team healthy and then make a, a Jay Crowder trade. But these are all potential. This is not today. You know, they're not scary today. So that's the thing. I mean, if you're LeBron James, uh, you would say, well, even if Anthony Davis misses some time, if we can get him back and we can get a trade that can help us, as long as we're just in the hunt, as long as we're, you know, in 10th place by the spring, uh, we've got a shot. And that's the way LeBron thinks. And I'm not going to try to – dissuade you from that although i don't love the roster construction but yeah i mean the, the one saving great like there have been years alan as you know where if you didn't win 50 52 games sure. you weren't getting in to the playoffs in the western conference this year you win 52 games you might be home in the first two rounds so and it's not because these teams all stink it's because there's a lot of parity and everybody's had a little bit of pain so um you know in a way that makes it and by the way, that's one of the reasons why there's not much trade action, because you've got 10, 11, 12 teams who think they've still got a shot, which makes them unlikely to just go ahead and sell their uh, to sell assets. It's it's fascinating, and I think that's why you know for me, it's good to get. I'm I'm sitting here in this kind of entrenched in Los Angeles Lakers basketball, but to get your perspective a little bit on the West too, I think that's a that's a good way to put it. Uh, Brian, always appreciate your time. Thank you for uh, doing this. Hope you have a great holiday, and hopefully after the new year we can connect again. Sounds good. You too. All right, that is uh, Brian Windhorse. Um, so great, so fantastic, and always appreciate his time. Interesting stuff on the AD front. I'll tell you that. Uh, you know, certainly for the Lakers, it, it's it presents some. Um, incredible challenges that we didn't know were there that are now there all right we come back i want to give my final thoughts spend a little time as well um talking about the upcoming schedule for the lakers do all that coming up next stay right here lakers talk on 710 espn all right thank you again to uh, brian windhorse for joining the show um a lot of good stuff there you know some of the stuff that he was talking about in the western conference at the end um, that uh, part of the reason why trades are not going down is that usually teams at this point will think to themselves, all right, uh, we're out of the mix, so let's start selling off some of our players and getting some assets. I don't know how many teams I can name off right now that are still in the mix. Listen, if you think the Lakers are still in the mix, which they are, they're 13 and 17th, they're 12th place in the Western Conference. So that's the Lakers who are looking to try to improve their team. The Warriors think they're in the mix. I know they don't like where they are, but I definitely think in their minds, hey, we just got to get in. Once we get in, we'll figure stuff out. Steph obviously has to come back. The Dallas Mavericks think they're in the mix. The Utah Jazz, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Blazers, the Kings, the Clippers, the Pelicans, Suns, Nuggets, Grizzlies. That's 12 teams that think they're in the mix. You know, And in the Eastern Conference, I know it's a little bit different in the East, but the Pacers, the Hawks, the Heat, the Knicks, the Sixers, the the – uh, the Nets, there's a ton of teams that obviously think they're in the mix in the Eastern Conference as well and are not ready to give up. Now, there's other squads that you thought would be in the mix. The Chicago Bulls lost four games in a row. Wizards have lost 10 in a row. So uh, the Raptors lost six in a row. So there are also teams out in the Eastern Conference that you thought um, maybe they do become sellers. Maybe 
uh, they're a team that decides, all right, we thought we'd be in the mix, and they're clearly not. Lakers schedule coming up here. So tomorrow, Lakers got the Kings in Sacramento. They already played each other earlier this year. The Kings won that game. Um, that was pretty early in the season, uh, November 11th, I think. So Lakers were probably 10, 12 games in or so. And Kings won that game, I want to say, by four. That's always a tough game in Sacramento, and now that the Kings are playing better basketball. But if I just kind of point out the next few games for the Lakers, and oh, by the way, this week, Lakers talk, this will be our final Lakers talk of the year. We'll get back started again in January. I think January 3rd is when we'll get started again. But I I use this as an example. Um, The schedule for the Lakers, you got the Sacramento game. I actually think that's a winnable game tomorrow. LeBron, Russ, if Austin Reeves, if all these guys end up playing, I think that's a winnable game, so I'll put that one out there. Um, The Charlotte game, I definitely think it's winnable. I think the Lakers will be expected to win that one. That's a home game on Friday. After that, not really sure what to tell you. At Dallas on Christmas, um, that's going to be a tough game. Orlando, after that, winnable game for the Lakers at Orlando. At Miami, at Atlanta, uh, tough games. You know, and... Even the Charlotte game, they got two against Charlotte over the course of the next, let's say, week and a half or so. Two weeks. Charlotte just went to Sacramento last or last night and won a game that nobody was expecting them to. So none of these games are guaranteed. I, I think for the Lakers, it's can you have the team that you currently have right now playing Team basketball, five, six guys, seven guys are contributing every single night. Everybody understands their role. LeBron James is still putting up his close to 37 and 7 a night. That's what they're going to need. You know, Russ has got to be one of the best players on the team. Austin Reeves and Lonnie Walker and all these other guys are going to have to contribute on a night in, night out basis. And I think it's asking for a lot, but at least there are some games that are coming up that are, are, are winnable. Two against Charlotte, like I mentioned, Orlando. It's not like the Dallas Mavericks or the Sacramento Kings, even some of these road games that you have. Atlanta, not like you're playing the Bucks. It's not like you're playing uh, the Boston Celtics. So I think in those games we can we can at least try to convince ourselves that if they got Braun, they got Russ, they got all these other guys, that they can still hang in these games. Okay, Laker fans, uh, as always, appreciate you guys being a part of the show. If you miss any part of the show, go to um, ESPN LA, download the app, on the app there, each one of these shows have has their own channel. And, of course, we got a Lakers Talk podcast, Lakers Talk channel on there, so we put the full hour on there. Um, thank you to Michael Funches. Thank you to Laura Romo. Appreciate everybody being a part of the show. L.A., as always, have a great rest of your night.